Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Howdy. Two minutes past on this Wednesday, 7th day of January, 2023. Or is it like some apocalyptic time in the future? If you look out your window, it's scary, scary stuff. What world do we live in? Dan Grasso Show, we're here for you. We don't not show up. We'll take it right up until 8.30. Abbreviated show today because a little thing called the NBA Finals. Game number three between the Miami Heat and the Denver Nuggets. The scene shifts down to South Beach. Heat will see if they can duplicate what they were able to accomplish the other night in evening up this best of seven at a game apiece, giving us a little bit of juice in this NBA Finals here. We'll have some thoughts on that a little bit later on in the program. But because of that... We got our time slashed in half here, so we'll send you out to Miami coming up at 8.30 for a game number three. We got Harvey. We got Joe. They're producing the program tonight for the next 90 minutes. You can get me on Twitter at Dan Gross at G-R-A-C-A. So we got a Met game tonight. They're going to get underway in just a little bit down in Atlanta where the sun is shining, although the folks down at that park, they may put the tarp on the field like they did last night for an hour and a half when it never rained. Uh, so you never know what the Braves and uh, that organization does when it comes to seeing if a game could be uh, played as scheduled. But we know the Yankees aren't going to play. And if you were following the events of this afternoon, I don't know for the life of me what took them so long to determine you're not going to be able to play baseball today. Like, really and truly. Like, you want these players out there, these players who make millions and millions of dollars. And I would think that the Players Association, more than anything else, would have stepped in at some point and said, "Mm, we're not playing baseball. We're not sending our guys out there. It's not safe. If they're telling the whole world to stay inside, don't go out, wear a mask, do all these things so you don't have to be exposed to the air, yet you're going to go play Major League Baseball and put them at risk. Not only that, you're going to bring fans into the ballpark who spend quality money to come see a game and then pay for parking and pay for concessions and pay for all those things. Like They were actually entertaining the idea, even if it was for just a short amount of time, to play this game tonight. You know, the first thing that I saw that was canceled today was the women's soccer that they had over at Red Bull Arena, which is outdoors. And you know that if they aren't going to play and they're not going to expose all those folks to come out and watch a game and to take part in a game, how could the Yankees? WNBA canceled the game at the Barclays Center. That's indoors. And they didn't want people trekking out to come to this thing. For the life of me, I just don't understand it. On top of that, on top of that, think about who the Yankees are playing. They're playing the Chicago White Sox. Liam Hendricks is on the Chicago White Sox. He was on the mound last night. Liam Hendricks just beat cancer. Just beat cancer. You think anybody would recommend Liam Hendricks to be out there in this garbage? You know, pitching or doing whatever? I, I mean, like, where are people's brains when it comes to this type of stuff here? Really and truly. So the Yankees will play a doubleheader tomorrow. Weather permitting, I don't know, do you even call this weather? Or do you call it air quality permitting? I, I don't know, because it's not anything weather. It's there's, there's fires in Canada blowing down here. I mean, it's something that we don't usually see, not to this extent, and that's why there's no baseball game. But 
there are still legitimate concerns about this Yankee team. And that is the status of Aaron Judge. And we were talking about it last night, as a matter of fact, while the Yankees were getting beat by the Chicago White Sox in the opener of the series. It, it's, it's mind-boggling to me, and they officially put Judge on the I.L. earlier today. But as I said last night, it's funny to me, 72 hours after he suffers the injury, that the Yankees are allegedly letting on that they don't know what's wrong with him and that they still don't have a finite diagnosis as to what exactly is wrong with the toe, whether it's broken, whether it's not broken. You know, they want you to believe that there was a doctor that was sitting there down in the clubhouse last night while the Yanks were playing the opener of that series, pouring over all of Aaron Judge's x-rays and, you know, all the medical stuff, just trying to figure out what was wrong with the toe. You know, examining Aaron, does this hurt, does this hurt, what if I bend it this way, what about this way, can you do this, can you do that? Like, it took three days for that to happen. You know, were you or I or anybody else that's not recently someone who signed a $360 million contract if our toe hurts, you go to the doctor, we're going to find out right away what's wrong with it. We don't have to wait 72 hours. But a huge investment to the New York Yankees, who is essentially their franchise. You take Aaron Judge off the Yankees, they do not have a team. Okay? They don't have a team. They're not a playoff team. They're not a championship caliber team. They're nothing. You take him off the team, they cease to exist. And yet, they wanted us to believe that it was going to take a full three days to find out what exactly was wrong with the toe. Come on. Come on. It's a toe. How hard is it? I mean, you could get med students who were in medical school for a week to tell you what was wrong with the toe after an x-ray. Come on. Stop the nonsense. And you know what I thought was funny today, too, on top of everything else? They were still figuring out if they were going to play baseball tonight, and yet they were going about all their pregame workouts. And so what it's, and you got Carlos Rodon out there throwing, you know, a, a live batting practice session on the mound. Carlos Rodon, who hasn't pitched in a game yet this year, dealing with a back issue, and yet you're going to put him out there in these crappy conditions. Hey, Carlos, show us you're an Iron Man. We're paying you a hell of a lot of money. Why don't you go out there and throw some BP, buddy? See if you can work out the kinks in that back. I, I mean, what are we doing? What are we doing? I mean, this is an, an enterprise that is worth billions upon billions of dollars. And sometimes it's like it's being run and operated by 10-year-olds. Anyway, let's hear from the Yankee manager. This was Aaron Boone before today's game. Uh, what explanation did he get on uh, the postponement of tonight's festivities? I just know they were getting together to meet again. Um... You know, it was business as usual for me coming in. I got in around, I don't know, 12, 1230 and didn't really think too much of it. And then when I actually walked outside about two o'clock and was like, like everyone else, like, whoa. So I think it just kind of, if my reaction was similar to Major League Baseball, the world reaction, you know, I think it just circumstances changed and it became apparent. It became apparent a lot earlier than they made the call. That was the problem. It was obvious a heck of a lot sooner than that. And then it was almost like a domino effect. As I said, once these other sporting events decided to postpone their games for tonight, that's when the Yankees and Major League Baseball basically said, all right, yeah, you know, we better not play as well. Philadelphia canceled their game. Down the turnpike, they were playing the Tigers. And I don't know what the air quality is down there or how bad it is or how much better or worse that it is. But like Boone was saying, I went out this morning. I would say probably... I don't know, like 10, 1030, you know, run a couple of errands or whatever. And it was fine. It, it looked like a normal sunny day. And you knew that this stuff was supposedly on the horizon. But then a couple of hours later, it, it was completely different.
completely different. And you just started to see this thing build, and you knew that something was off. And even driving in the car, you could see that each and every one of the cars had this kind of like red fireball thing reflecting off of it. And that was the sun. It was a sunny day, <laughs> except you just couldn't tell just because of all that smoke that was filling up the airspace, which, you know, is not unexpected because they said it was going to happen. It's strange. Looked like a movie, but that was the reality. But they did the smart thing, even though it took them a while to get to that conclusion. They'll play two games tomorrow. Maybe. You hope they do. And you hope this thing blows over. You know, there's a huge difference just even where I am even talking compared to what it was even this afternoon. This afternoon, it looked like it was pitch black. I had to put lights on in the house. And now here, at least, it looks like you, it normally does at 7 o'clock at night. So hopefully it uh, turns for the better. Nevertheless, you hope it turns for the better for the Yankees and this situation involving Aaron Judge because it, it is legitimately a cause for concern. All right? I, I, I can't overstress it enough. If they don't have Aaron Judge, what is this team winning? Seriously. If, if he is impacted in any way, and I'm not even talking about an IL stint, even if he you know, misses a couple of weeks and if he's back in the lineup, but this toe is something that's going to be hampering him for the remainder of the season and depriving him from being arguably the best player of baseball, the catalyst in that lineup, the guy who really is the engine that makes the rest of that offense go, what is this team going to accomplish realistically? What, are you going to put all your faith in Giancarlo Stanton? To be that middle-of-the-lineup threat? A guy who himself, in his own right, is generally missing in action more often than not? Like, what are the alternatives here for the Yankees? You know, I'll believe it when I see it, that Judge is 100% healthy and ready to go and there's not going to be any sort of issues dealing with this toe. But this is big. No pun intended. This is a serious concern for this team. Remember DJ LeMahieu last year with the toe? He missed time, and then when he even got back in the lineup, he was a shell of his former self, uh, former self, a shell. Because if you got a bad toe, you're not going to be able to plant. You're not going to be able to get some power when you're up there in the batter's box. Goes without saying, Judge is important to the Yankees, and he's got to be healthy if this team wants to continue to work their way up the American League East standings. And not only just that, fend off all the challengers. You know, none of these teams are going away in this division. They're not. You know, the saving grace, you might say, all right, the American League Central is garbage. That might be a division that only gets one team into the playoffs, whichever team wins it. You know, the American League West has a couple of clubs that certainly are going to be capable of maybe making a wild card. Remember, the Houston Astros, who aren't even fully healthy right now, the Astros aren't even in first place, and they're 11 games over 500. So this is going to be tricky. Really and truthfully. And they need a healthy Aaron Judge if they are going to achieve what they set out to way back when. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We'll take your phone calls on that. We'll talk a little baseball, too, coming up at 8 o'clock. Our pal Jim Duquette, SNY, MLB Radio. He will join us. Talk a little Mets and the Yankees as we are now entrenched in the month of June. And, you know, pretty soon, before you know it, you're in the dog days of summer. August 1st will be around with the trade deadline, and you're going to start to talk about who's buying, who's selling, what teams are making moves. So we'll pick Jim's brain a little bit later on. We'll get into some basketball talk as well with the finals. Game number three, a big one tonight. Swing game in the NBA finals with the Heat and the Nuggets. We'll see if Miami can win two in a row and take control of this series. Remember, I know it sounds simplistic. Miami holds serve at their home court. They're the NBA champs. All they got to do is win their three home games, and they're champs. But... Easier said than done, of course. Plus, more fallout from the 
folly that is the PGA Tour. And after what happened yesterday that we spent a lot of time talking about on last night's show. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Your calls will return. And yes, we haven't forgotten about them. You didn't think we were just pretending it didn't happen. Oh, no, 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 no. We got some things to say on the Mets, who once again came up small last night in Atlanta in the opener of a pivotal series. Dan Gross' show till 830. Then it's game three of the NBA Finals right here, 98.7 ESPN. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> Got game four coming up on Friday, so another short show for us then. But tomorrow, a full show, three hours. And boy, do we have a lot to talk about. As far as the Mets are concerned, and they haven't uh, gotten underway yet down in Atlanta because they throw first pitch 720 down there, not like 710. They like to drag things out for whatever reason. But nevertheless, you know, we signed off the air last night. Say goodbye to the show. Mets had a 4-1 lead. Looked like that they were in control. Carlos Carrasco was doing pretty good, you know, first couple of times through the order. Then Buck decided to, you know, give him a little bit of a longer leash. And that's when he ran into problems. When he sent him out there for the sixth, it became apparent quite early that, you know what, maybe you should go get the hook. And Buck didn't do it quite early enough. And before you know it, Braves mount that big rally in the sixth inning. They put up a bunch of runs. They tie the game. They take the lead. And that was all she wrote. And, and really, as a Met fan at that point, once the Braves took that lead in the sixth inning, you kind of figure the game's over. Game's over. Why? Because the Mets can't hit. You know, it's nice that they hit the two two run home runs last night. That's fantastic. But they only got two other hits in the game. How are you going to beat a first place team on the road, the caliber of the Atlanta Braves, with four stinking hits? And I don't know what it is, guys. You know, maybe you can shed some light on it. I don't know. How can I put this mildly? I'll put it in, you know, terms that maybe some folks can relate to. I don't know what set of photographs that Daniel Vogelback has that are compromising of nature on somebody important in the Mets organization. I, I just don't know. You know, we, we could take a guess, whether it's Steve Cohen, whether it's Buck Showalter, whether it's Billy Epler, whether it's, you know, Max Scherzer, just somebody important, like really, really important to the Mets, that they justify writing his name in the lineup card each and every night. He's in the lineup last night. What does he do? No hits, three strikeouts. All right, so what do you do? Oh, you're running back in the lineup again tonight. How about this? They doubled down on it. 
Explain that to me. Like, how many more times do we have to hear about all the young kids, all the future, all the promise, all this stuff with the Mets, and yet they're still playing the same guys who time and time again just are not producing and not getting the job done. It it defies logic right now. I don't care if it's a right-handed pitcher. How is that working out for Daniel Vogelbach when he faces righties? Not very good. It's almost like the Mets are so defiant and so stubborn that they somehow, someway, it's like Daniel Vogelbach is the last link to last year's botch trade deadline for this team. That's what it is. Because all the other guys that they brought into the deadline, they've swung and missed on them all. And they kind of admitted to their mistakes and they're gone. Let's. It was what? Naquin, Michael Givens, Darren Ruff, Daniel Vogelback. I don't think I'm missing anybody, right? Like, that That was it at the deadline. And Vogelback is the last one that's still here. Why? It's not going to go back and change the results of last season. It's not like if Daniel Vogelback, you run him in the lineup every day and he gets a couple of hits, it's not like we're going to play back to the future and jump in the DeLorean and go back to 2022 when the Mets are suddenly going to hold off the Braves and win the division. And they're not going to crash and burn against the Padres in the first round like they did. I, I just don't understand it. Daniel Vogelback is not the future of the Mets. Hell, he shouldn't even be the present. Let's face it. He shouldn't even be on this team now. He should have been DFA'd a long time ago. You mean to tell me they can't find anybody to go out there and, and, and produce at the rate or lack thereof that he is? You know, the other thing that's getting a lot of play, too, from last night was the whole stuff with Alonzo. Okay, before we hear from Alonzo, you know what? Let, let, let's hear from Buck. Let's hear from Buck because, you know what? We were talking about Vogelback. It's only fair. I shouldn't be the one doing the talking, right? The manager should. So what's the concern here with Vogelback? Anytime somebody's not following their track record, you, you're trying to get them back to it. You know, he's, he's, got, he's frustrated because he knows how much better he's capable of, and he really wants to help the team win, and, and it hasn't happened for him consistently yet. But, you know, he's not the only one. Hey, Buck, you know what? I got news for you. I want the team to win, too. Are you going to put me in the lineup? If I call up Buck Showalter and call up the Mets and say, you know what, I'm a big Mets fan. I really want this team to win. I think that they've been disappointing up until this point of the season. Why don't you bat me seventh and put me as the DH for the game tomorrow? I can hop on a plane, bad air quality and all. I could be down in Atlanta for first pitch tomorrow. I could even make the pregame meal. What do you say? I got an early show tonight. We're off at 830 because of the NBA Finals. I'll be on the red eye tonight. I might be down there before tonight's game ends. I mean, that's what we're going with. He wants to really, really, really help the team. He tries really, really hard. This is Major League Baseball. This isn't Billy and Jimmy and Tommy and Petey and their Little League team. What the hell are we doing? This team has a $400 million payroll. They're not put together because the guys try really hard and they want to win really hard. No, they're put together to win a championship. This team looked championship caliber to you? Like I said, four hits, they can hit. What's the biggest issue with the plate right now, Buck? Well, you know, I'm, I'm going to continue to say they pitch pretty well and um, got some guys that are capable better. We just haven't been able to string a lot together and really make, you know, we got his pitch count up, and uh, but they have other good people to bring in. You know, the four hits is, you know, tough. You're going to have to, it's going to be tough to make uh, that always stand up, but we had some opportunities there. We let some 0-2 counts get away from us. That hurt us. But I thought Carlos gave us a chance to win there. Smitty was a pitch away from getting out of that inning. Might have some different uh, scenarios, but didn't happen. I said this the last couple of days. 
I don't put this on the manager. I'm still part of Team Buck, right? And that's probably the only reason why I, for one, still kind of hold out some glimmer of hope that this will turn. And this will start to resemble the team that you're expected to see with that lofty of a payroll and the team that's only a year removed from winning 101 games. But there, there's some characteristics of this team that are almost making me think of two years ago, that 2021 team, when you still had Luis Rojas as the manager. And they were in first place for like the first, what was it, like three, four months of the season. And that was when Jacob DeGrom was having his like all-world season when he had the sub-one ERA and everybody was bringing up Bob Gibson and all that stuff. And then as soon as DeGrom went down, the season just hit a thud and then the Mets began to plummet. Right? They made the trade for Javi Baez, which backfired on them. But it was just like it started to snowball on them. One thing after another, it seemed like. You know, and then you had all these, like, false promises that were being thrown out there. And Pete Alonso became, like, the team spokesman. And then I remember, like, remember they go down to Philadelphia late in the summer in a big series and they get swept. And then you got guys like Alonzo afterwards saying, nah, you know what, chill out, relax, we got this, we got this. Meantime, nobody on that team has ever won a damn thing, so why should we actually think that they got this and they know how to overcome these type of situations? The only reason why, like, I'm not immediately going back to that is because you have a manager here who seems like he's got a handle on things, historically in his career. And this is a guy who's never managed in a World Series, by the way. But he's a manager of the year how many times over? He just won... 100-plus games with his team a year ago, you would think that there is somebody steering this ship. But again last night, you know, Alonzo hits the home run and then he gets back in the dugout and he's trash-talking to the Braves, like throw it again, throw it again, and then, you know, look before you leap. Because then the Braves are the ones who had the last laugh and they string together all those hits and put more runs on the board and then they're the ones chirping back at the Mets, throw it again, throw it again. Because the Braves were laughing at it, thinking, it's like, wait a second, they still got Carlos Carrasco on the mound. He's going to tire out at some point, and then they have to go to their dog poop bullpen. You think the Braves felt they were out of that game against the Mets with their offense, 4-1? to one? So it's nice to talk, talk and everything, but you got to walk the walk. And the Mets haven't done that this year. And now you're in a situation, as I've been saying, these Scherzer starts, these Verlander starts, they become that much more important because you don't trust anybody else in this rotation. And Alonzo just got hit in the hand with a fastball, goes to the ground as he's walking it off to first base. But, you know, you hope that nothing is broken in there with that hit by pitch because we've seen this time and time again in Major League Baseball. Uh, we'll see if he stays in the game. But you get my point, right? This is a big start tonight for Max Scherzer. He's been great the last four or five times out, and he's almost like reinventing himself here, really relying heavily on the breaking stuff, the off-speed pitches, not the vintage Max Scherzer we're used to seeing where it's just like, hey, man, let me throw a 90-plus mile-an-hour fastball past every single hitter, right? He's using the breaking stuff as his wipeout pitches, which is great. And if that could prove to be effective, the Mets benefit. But that did not look good for Alonzo, by the way. He's a big, tough dude, and he went right to the ground after he got hit. So we'll get an update. Let's see if he stays in the game here. But nevertheless, tonight, tomorrow, these are big games for the Mets. Big games. You want to take this series. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We'll get your calls. 
And also, you'll hear from the head of the PGA Tour who, and Pete's coming out of the game. So there you go. Couldn't have asked for a better start to this one if you're a Met fan. (laughs) (laughs) Harvey, give me my Go Mets, please. Yeah! Go Mets! Don't we have the other one, too? Hi! Go Mets! Yay! Yeah, we're going to have to keep that one handy to keep us laughing all summer long because if you're not laughing, you're crying, as they say. Dan Gross's show, 800-919-3776. Come right back here on 987 ESPN. They ain't winning. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. one nothing Metropolitans. How about a Brett Beatty RBI single in the top half of the first inning off of Charlie Morton? But win the battle, lose the war. Not saying the Mets won the battle. Uh, we'll await word on Pete Alonzo, who, if you're just joining us, got hit in the hand with a pitch. Fastball went down immediately. Walked down to first base, but when the trainer and Buck Walter came out, Pete walked off the field with them. So I'm sure he's getting that thing looked at. Hey, if it's anything like Aaron Judge, you know, the Mets should have an update on Pete Alonzo by what's today, Friday, Saturday? We'll see. Uh, let's go to the phones, shall we? We got a lot of stuff to talk about. We only have until late 30 tonight. Let us start it off with Dan in New Jersey, who is first up here on 9870. What's up, Dan? How are you? Hey, not much. How are you, Dan? Shout out to the company. I know Lonnie's listening right now. I hope Lonnie calls in, but I hope you're doing well, Dan. Doing well. What's going on? Not much. I want to talk about the Yankees and now with this Alonzo injury, which makes it interesting. If both of these guys are going to be hurt, things going to end up being in a better shape by the end of each. If Alonzo goes on the IL, by the end of their IL stints, who's going to be in the better shape? With the Alonzo injury and the judge, is that what you said? Yes. With Judge and Alonzo's injury, who will be in better shape both one? Well, let's put it this way. It's not going to be ideal for either one, but if you're asking me who's more important to the other, I I still think Judge because he's arguably the best player in baseball. Yeah, I don't disagree with you, but if Alonzo ends up missing significant time with a broken hand, which this injury is like 15 minutes new, this could tank the Mets season. They don't really have much offensively outside of not Look, it's not ideal either way. One of the, I mean, it stinks for, you know, either side, but you're right. I mean, the, we just sat here and told you Mets offense has been horrible. You know what I mean? And not having a healthy Pete Alonso, it would be just as detrimental to their causes as well. Did we lose Dan? We lost Dan. Yeah. I mean, look, 
He's important to this team. I know that Pete's not hitting for a lot of average this year, but you know what? He's a power bat, right? He's a power bat. Take, take Pete Alonzo off this team right now. Where are the Mets? <laughs> Obviously, they'd be below 500. They're below 500 now. Pete Alonzo, Brandon Nimmo have been the Mets' two best players this season, offensively. And you lose one of them. And look, we're, we're not speculating just yet. All I'm saying is it didn't look good. The fact that he had to leave the game, number two, I mean, if you watch baseball long enough, whenever these guys get hit with pitches right in the hand while they're gripping the bat, you know, especially at that velocity, it generally doesn't bode well for them. You hope it's just a bruise. You hope it's just a quote-unquote contusion and there's no broken bones. I mean, this would be killer for the Mets, killer. Tommy's in Long Island. He's up next year on 98.7 ESPN. Tommy, how are you? How you doing, my friend? Tom, I'm doing outstanding. How's things? You, you staying inside? You're not going out in this air, are you? Oh, no, no. I have lung problems and all of that. Now it's rough for me. Yeah, stay inside, please. Yeah, hope all's well with you. But the problem with me is, why would he throw at Alonzo with a fastball? I could see a curveball or something, but he meant to hit him. Now, why don't Sergio come back with something? You think he's going to come back with something? No, I don't think it was intentional. He just came up and in. Look, he's a good hitter. You're trying to back him off the plate. He wasn't throwing at him intentionally. It just it got away. No, he got a little too you, up and in. You believe that? I believe it 100%. Why would he, why would he have to throw at him? Because of what he did yesterday. You yeah, know, you know what, Tom, 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 the Braves got the ultimate payback. They won the game. I know. They won the. You, you, let me ask you a question, Tom, and this is for everybody. You really think they'll never admit this? You really think the Atlanta Braves as an organization fear the Mets? The Braves have pulled down their pants, if I can use the expression, and have pooped on the Mets for the better part of the last twenty-five <laughs> years. Do you really think they fear the Mets? You know, the Mets can spend all the money they want. They can have all the flashy ad campaigns, the big signings, this and that. The Braves are the ones got all those banners out in the outfield at their stadium. The Mets hang up a banner because they made a wild card appearance. Uh, you're right about that. I, I, I agree with that. But I still think that, well, it's good to be a, a rivalry, you say. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I think he threw at him. I don't I, See, Tommy, I don't think so, buddy. And thanks for the phone call. I appreciate it. I don't think he threw at him. Like I said, you know, Charlie Morton, first of all, he's not that type of guy. You know, Charlie Morton's been in this game, you know, as long as uh, Methuselah, for crying out loud. He's been around the block. He's not out there to settle scores. You know, I don't think, Al I don't think Alonzo's a hated player. I think he's well-respected around the game. And, and as I said, the Braves gave it right back to the Mets last night because as soon as the Braves took the lead, they started chirping that right back to the Mets. So it was almost like mano a mano, eye for an eye. That stuff was buried. That was over with. I don't think there was any intent or animosity there. It's, it's a pitch that got a little up and in. Alonzo stands on top of the plate. Any good power hitter, you're going to brush him off. You're not going to let him get too comfortable and too settled in the batter's box. That's all Morton was doing. He was, it's called pitching. It's pitching. You don't want to – hell, you know what? You don't even want to let a guy like Daniel Vogelbach get comfortable in the batter's box. And he couldn't hit a ball off of a tee right now. Boy, that offense is bad. It is so bad. 800-919-3776. Neil and Wayne up next here on 98.7. Neil, good evening. How are you? I'm good, man. How about yourself, Dan? What's up, Neil? How's things? 
Uh, things are good. I was uh, wondering if you, um, with the uh, with the live tour and with the Saudi Arabia signing so many soccer players, uh, what sport is next? I was talking to your producer, and he mentioned it's probably tennis, and I was thinking more more in the more in the lines of basketball. How about how about you? What's your opinion on that? Well, did you see the Albert Breer story today over on SI.com? And I did not. I'll check it out after the call. He, though. He, well, he wrote a story that, you know what, don't be so shocked if down the road the NFL possibly, and this is the NFL, the NFL that prints money, and the NFL that can never not have enough money, and they will always look to grow their revenue stream. Don't be shocked down the road if the NFL gets in bed with these guys. The only, the, the only thing with that is that, that I, I don't know, like the sports that they've been taking have been more Eurocentric, like Formula One, uh, they've been ta- they've been taking soccer. They've been taking golf. Um, they're heavily involved in horse racing. Um, so, like you know, just football, uh, football, and um, seems like too, too much of an American sport. Doesn't have the the pub or the or the prestige that it has in, in Europe. So it might be big down here, but it might be safe for the time being uh, uh, until they whet their appetite with sports like basketball, which is, has more European appeal. Look, I think anybody that wants to make money, earn revenue, all those type of things, obviously there is no more moral high ground anymore. And, Neil, thanks a lot for the phone call, right? I mean, that was proven in this case because the folks at the PGA Tour just last year sat there and told you how wrong this was and bemoaned everything coming from the Saudi Arabian side and told you how wrong this was and told you how, you know, we're holier than thou and we have our beliefs and we're going to be a tight-knit group, the ones that want to stay here with the PGA Tour and so on and so forth, only only to see those principles compromised when they realized that there was money to be made. And when push came to shove, they realized, you know what? Yeah, the money's good. We need the money. We like the money. The hell with all the other stuff. Speaking of, Jay Monahan. Jay Monahan who, at least for now, is the president of the PGA Tour. He went on the Golf Channel today. And, you know, 24 hours later, after this became a big story, of course, this was a guy who was, remember, anti, anti. Whatever the live golf stuff was, the Saudi folks, right, sports washing of their reputation just because of money. That's what he was there with all the 9-11 families and accusing them of. Remember the quote, ever had to apologize for being on the PGA Tour, blah, 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 blah. Only to realize, well, you know what? He could be bought too and everybody could be bought. There's a price for everyone. So here was Jay Monahan today on the Golf Channel, no less. Asked a question about everything that we just discussed and now to have an about face and forget about all that stuff like it never even happened. Here was Jay Monahan. Well, I um, I read Terry's comments. I, you know, obviously acknowledge her loss and completely understand her position. And to the question that you were just asking, you know, I wish I think about the fact that I allowed confidentiality to prevail here. And in allowing confidentiality to prevail, I did not communicate to very important constituents, including the families of 9-11. And I regret that. Uh, I, I, I really do. Um, but as we sit here today, you know, I think I think it's important to you know to reiterate that um, I feel like the move that we've made and, and how we move forward is in the best interest of our sport. We've eliminated those fractures, um, but for for any uh, any difficulties I've caused on that front, again I have to own that as well, and that comes back to communication. 
Do you hear that clock, or is it just me? You guys hear that clock ticking at all? That's the time Jay Monahan has left as the head of the PGA Tour. That did not sound very convincing. You? I'm not convinced, no. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We'll get more of your phone calls. And you know what? Big news today. And you know we like to dabble in this area on this show from time to time. There's the Jay Monahan clock. We like to talk some soccer. Big soccer news today that we got to talk about. Oh, baby. Star power coming stateside. Dan Gross' show until 830 right here on 98.7 ESPN. The Braves have pulled down their pants and have pooped on the Mets. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Dan Grasso Show hanging out with you here on this Wednesday evening. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We're going until 830. Then it's Game 3 NBA Finals. You hear every bounce of the ball right here. On 98.7. Remember, we'll talk some baseball with Jim Duquette, former Met GM, in about 10 minutes as well. And guess what? The Mets have tacked on another run. Solo home run. How about Francisco Alvarez? So the Mets have scoring in each of the first two winnings. That's a novel approach. Maybe they could keep that going all throughout the night. But still awaiting word on Pete Alonso getting that hit-by-pitch in the hand. If it's serious or not, if there's any broken bones, whatever. Still haven't offered any sort of a time frame just yet. As far as that's concerned, but hey, it's good to see uh, the kids produce because after all, some of the best players on the team and they should be in the lineup as opposed to the Daniel Vogelbacks of the world. Um, big news today in soccer. Huge news today. And I know my guy Harvey is thrilled. Lionel Messi, Mr. World Cup champ himself, one of the greats of all time, going to be coming over to Major League Soccer and he's going to play for the Miami team. And it's going to happen later this summer. Yeah, that's right. Get that goal going. Messi! Born in the... <laughs> Harvey's thrilled about this. And so here, here's the thing. There's misreporting, by the way, about Messi. Because some of the people, as soon as this came out, they say, oh, it's, it's going to happen next year, next year, 2024. No, it's going to happen this year, later this summer. That's when the transfer window is open. That's when he's done at PSG. He could go. So he's going to be down in Miami later on this year. And our buddy Harvey, who is, of course, the greatest fan that the Red Bulls have, will have ever had, you name it, Mr. Red Bull. 
Where's his heart on his sleeve? Where's the logo on his sleeve? He, he eats, breathes, and sleeps Red Bull soccer. It just so happens that later on this summer, in August, that the Miami club is going to swing by Harrison, New Jersey, and play a game against the Red Bulls. Isn't that right, Harvey? That is right. August 26th, Saturday night, baby. August 26th. Now, obviously that's going to be a big draw, right? I mean, that's going to be a, a, a hot ticket because Messi is a name. Messi is a brand. And you don't even have to be a diehard Red Bulls fan to want to go see him play. I mean, it's not that often that Lionel Messi is playing in our neck of the woods. So you know that that stadium in Red Bull Arena holds how much there in Harrison? 25K. 25K. They could sell 50K if they wanted to for that game. People are going to flock from droves to come see that game. Now, it just so happens that my good friend Harvey, as a season ticket holder, he's got a couple of ducats already, right? Two tickets? Two tickets. Second Two tickets. row. Second row. Great seats. You love the seats. You go to the games, whether it's good weather, whether it's bad weather, whether the team is winning, whether the team is losing, you are there. You are a loyal devotee. That's what I love about you. Now, let's have a little economics lesson. Here we go. Your, yeah, your, your, your season tickets cost you what, approximately? Um, around 1100 a year. Uh, now, is that per ticket or for both tickets? For both tickets. Both tickets. Okay, so you're, you're, you're shelling out 1100 bucks for the season. For full Red Bulls enjoyment. Full Red Bulls. Not you much enjoyment. The playoffs, the league's Everything. Cup, open cup, yep. Right. And, and who knows even if you're going to the playoffs this year because it's been tough sledding, as we know. So 1100 bucks. You got Messi, who, how many games has he played in the New York, New Jersey area in his career? Oh, man, that's a good question. I want to say. Well, you said you saw him twice at the old Giant Stadium, right? I've seen him twice at the old Giant Stadium. He was there, I believe, last year for a friendly against Ecuador. Did he play in that game? Yeah, he did. He also okay. played um, the Copa America in 2016 here at MetLife. Oh, so my. maybe a handful of times, we'll say, right? A handful I, of times. I want to say around 10. Okay. Okay, ten to, even 10 times. And, and he's been a player for how long? 15, 20 years, it seems like? Yeah, I want to say... Yeah, around 20 years. Around 20 years. So maybe, by that estimation, once every couple of years, you would have seen Lionel Messi play. Now, where he is at his career, he might wake up one morning and decide, I don't want to play soccer anymore. I've given all I have to give. I've won everything that there is to win. I might just come down, play a few games for Miami, and then ride off into the sunset. So, for all intents and purposes, this could be his only trip to Harrison. Do you know potentially what you could get for those tickets on the secondary market? I'm scrolling here on Ticketmaster, and mm -hmm. I'm, I'm seeing um, triple digits, four digits, yep, mm -hmm. five figures, I believe, in some. You could easily, easily, I would say, get between five and ten grand for those tickets. And, and, and the reason I bring this up is because I know my friend, you're not even entertaining the thought of doing so. No chance. Oh, my gosh. How is that possible? I'm a fan. You're a fan, but you're also a smart guy. If I you weren't a smart it. guy, you wouldn't be working on this show. That's a very good fact. It's 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 extremely accurate fact. So think about this for a second. You're paying $1,100 for two season tickets. If somebody offered you five grand 
for those two tickets. That's not your entire season. That's one lousy, stinking game. And who knows? The way the Red Bulls are going, what if they stink up the joint for the next couple of months? And, they, and they're, like, out of the playoff picture, which is also a distinct possibility. By the time August 26th rolls around, if somebody pays you five grand because they want to do everything they can to see Messi, you're not going to take that money? That's, like, the next five years it pays for your season tickets. But that's not what it would go towards. Sure it would. No. You open up a little season ticket fund. Go to the bank and open up an account. That's Harvey's ticket fund with is the Red Bulls. A, is that a thing, a season that, ticket you fund? You can do that. I'll, I'll set you up with somebody. Appreciate it. But no, I mean, if if I sell these for 5K to 10K, I'm still going to be working. Well, I know you're going to be. Uh, please. It's not like you're retire. retiring off these tickets. That's what I'm saying. You, you, you can't retire like. off $5,000. This is what it comes off like. No, this is this is just Red Bull money. This is the part of your disposable income that goes to your enjoyment of the Red Bulls and soccer, which I'm not telling you to take the foot off the gas. Enjoy your Red Bulls. Enjoy your soccer. But this is practical. You've seen him before. Harvey, let me break it down for you, okay? You could take this money, reinvest it, and have Red Bull tickets for the next decade. And What happens? What happens if some guy who's like an oil tycoon and who has a kid who's a huge soccer fan and he's never seen Messi? I don't know. There's a lot of oil ty tycoons up in this. Yeah, section. given the so PJ Live stuff, I don't know about these oil tycoons. Right, exactly. What if somebody from Live Golf, or now the PGA Tour, calls you up and has a kid, they want to see Messi, and they want to sit in the second row. They got like one of those spoiled brat kids, and it has to be in the second row. And they see Harvey's got tickets in row number two. I'll give you 10 grand for those tickets. You mean to tell me you wouldn't do it? No chance. It's, I mean, oh it's, a, it's a shame, gosh. my friend. You got to You got it. Oh. Name your price, Harvey. What's, wh what would I have to pay you? And I don't have the funds, but what would I have to pay you there's for no, you to give those tickets up? There's no price on this fandom. What are we talking That's about here? What are we talking me, about here? here here's, here's what I'm going to leave you with. It's, it, it's fine to be a fan. It's fine to be loyal and all those things. But when push comes to shove at the end of the day, they're not going to care about you as much as you care about them. I'll, I'll I'm just telling you that right now. I will leave you all with this as well. Because, to Harvey, let me tell you something. If, if, if they, let's say, moved or something, and they had to then reprice their tickets, and then they decided to charge more money for that second-row seat than what you're paying right now, and it might price somebody like you out of those seats, like what happened to the football team when they moved into the new stadium, right? And some of those fans who had, like, second-row seats their whole lives couldn't afford them anymore because this, that's the way of the world. You think the Red Bulls are going to be like, sorry, Harvey, you know, we, we appreciate your loyalty and not selling the tickets when Messi came, but you're not going to be able to sit there anymore. Look, if I have to, if I had to sell these tickets yeah. for 5 to 10K mm -hmm. for whatever reason, then I have done a horrible job no, with my career. No, no it's not. Uh, I it's think I'm making money. It's not mutually exclusive. Two things it's can not. be true at once. You could be a great fan, and you could be lucratively smart and take care you know of your what? money. You know what? You don't have to go to games. There are great fans that some, for, for whatever reason, don't go to games. Maybe they can't afford it. Maybe you know their, their health doesn't allow them to go to games, but they watch every single game on TV, every second, every pitch, every you name it. It doesn't make them any less of a fan if they don't go to games. You could still be great fan number one, president of the fan club, but you might not be able to go to the games. We're going to have a lot more talks about this by the time August rolls around. I can guarantee you that. Um, when we come back, we're going to talk to Jim Duquette, little baseball, little Mets, little Yankees, former Met GM SNY going to join us next. Grasa to late 30 right here on 98.7 ESPN.